Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. And Raja Bell. It's all the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. What is going on? Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell and Rajah Bell. It is Friday. This is episode 12. Hope everybody's fired up, ready for a big weekend. Are you? I am. No nice. basketball. Uh, yo, no basketball. Really? I do not have to be in the gym all weekend. So, so what are you going to do? I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm the dude that I'm always asking like for to have a day off from doing something. And then when the day off comes, I'm like itching to do something. I can't sit on the couch and just hang out. So yeah, I don't know so what you, we'll do. You get used to that flow, like that rhythm. You don't yeah. know what to do. Hey, hang by the pool, relax a little bit, enjoy some of the no, South Florida weather. Not my no, style, bro. I'm not, not a pool hanger. I'd rather go fishing or something. All right. So I have – I'm kind of mad at you about this. <laughs> all right. Because I have this feeling of dread – and loom like hanging over me like a dark cloud. Yeah. So last week you got sick, right? Oh, you had yeah. the flu bug, yes, right? The yes. 24 hour yes, flu yes. bug. And so after I heard that, I was kind of nervous. I made it through that weekend in New York because I was like, man, I was with him Wednesday. Yep. Didn't get it. Then this week, one of my daughters, oh. all of a sudden, oh. flu bug. Mm. And once you have kids, it's on. you notice like it flows through the house. If one gets it, you're all getting it. So I have the sense. So I have a question for you because there is nothing I hate in the world more than throwing up right like puking is the worst sensation like i can't some people don't mind it like yeah, i used to go out with dudes in college and they just they'd make themselves puke Ugh, and just power just up it, and be like let's go we'll yeah. keep going and i could <laughs> never do that if you could pay a dollar amount to never throw up again so that you could just pay you could write a check and you would guaranteed never to throw up again how much would you be willing to spend uh not much because I don't mind throwing up. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> I would probably spend ten grand. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I, I mean, think that's pretty. Like maybe even twenty five if I was definitely confident. Ten grand for the rest of my life to never have to experience that sensation. I would. I would give it. Ten grand would be worth it for me. I don't know if I go twenty five rounds, but t- ten grand I would. Do, I would do. Debo, what about you? Would you put out any money for that? Probably like two hundred bucks. <laughs> <laughs> now is that a budget thing or is that you don't mind throwing up? That's a budget thing. What about your abs though? You said that last week. <laughs> that's that's what I try to tell myself is, is that if I'm gonna get sick, at least there's gonna be a positive benefit to it. All right, so there's there's your money. That's how much you're willing to put out. <laughs> All right, let's get to the show now because last night the Cavs played the Lakers. It was a pretty anticipated matchup as there was a lot of talk about uh Lonzo versus LeBron. Uh you know, LeBron the 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 veteran, the superstar, the king going against the rising superstar. And LeBron was actually had an unusual request from a fan before the game at a hospital visit. Yeah, you yelled on Lonzo for me? I got you. I got you. I got you. I, he might not be in my way. Once you see him to take off, he might move out the way. So that's he did. He, that was great. I love it. And it's great to see LeBron giving back, going to see some kids in the hospital. It's really outstanding. I love to see when, when superstars get to do that because you know it means the world to some of these kids who are, are sick in the hospital. Didn't deliver on his promise, but he did deliver on a win. Uh, it was interesting a little bit early. I was watching the game because uh, I'm curious about Lonzo, like more so than LeBron even. I'm curious to see how Lonzo would stack up in that situation. They get jumped out to an early lead, and then I think the Cavs and LeBron said, all right, cool story. Let's go. Like, right. and they just kind of turned on the defense and kind of controlled the rest of the game. Earlier in the day, there was a report out. Ramona Shelburne and Brian Windhorst from ESPN said that LeBron to L.A. is a, quote, long shot. And there was a lot of talk about that last week when he bought his second home there for $23 million. <laughs> But let's focus. I was wondering if we're going with some sound there. Let's focus on the here and now. So how is LeBron? Cause he's, ha- he's having a season and he was my pick for MVP cause I thought he would kind of bump it up a notch. I think he got sick of seeing Steph unanimous yeah. MVP and seeing, uh, Russell Westbrook get the triple double and him getting MVP. I think LeBron was kind of like, Hey, I'm still the greatest. So I thought he would bump it up a notch. He's off the charts this season. How is he able to do this after this long of a career at this point in this age? Uh, it's pretty remarkable. Um, but I, you know, he is a student of the game. Um, and that's kind of cliche, and a lot of guys uh, think they are, but LeBron is. And, you know, we alluded to, you know, a couple episodes ago, or maybe last episode about him using, like, 2K to try to figure out what it would be like to play with Isaiah. And, like, you know, he is looking for any and every advantage that he can get. Um, you know, when I played, you know, we were just on the precipice of this new uh, sports science, you know, uh, fine tuning your diet, healthy living. Um, and so like, I didn't treat my body like that 
proverbial temple when I played. I mean, I, I eat, you know, I'd stop at the drive through on the way home and get like a, a, a Taco Bell or, or something like that, you know, and, and we just weren't. You didn't have the personal chef? No, we didn't have that. But these guys, so body wise, they've got, you know, they've got a much better feel for what it takes to fuel your body and keep it in the optimum uh, shape to play the game for the longevity of your career. And then the, he's just a tireless worker. Like no one works like this, this guy. We, we, you'll play five and seven on the road. Um, and I, you know, I got to be at work because, you know, the front office never gets off. So I'm in there at 8 a.m. Like on the Tuesday, we got home at like 2 a.m. I'm back at the office at 8 a.m. LeBron's already in there with his, with his personal like, uh, strength and conditioning guy. And, and someone else working out in the weight room just to get his lift in. There's no practice that day. You don't even have to be there. And so, um, his commitment to, to the, the body and it, it was always a question for me whether or not he was committed to like really rounding out his game. And I said this before, like I thought, you know, sure he's a savant in terms of passing the ball. Um, and he's more physically gifted than anybody in the NBA, but I didn't know that he had spent as much time like fine tuning his jump shot. I thought when I was in Cleveland and when he shot, um, he was off balance a lot. And when I watched him work out shooting the ball, um, it's like a golf swing shooting. You, you want it to be a repeatable motion. Mm-hmm. You want to see consistency in it. And I didn't see that when he shot the ball. And I would always lament to our front office, like, man, if he would really, you know, work on getting his mechanics down and repeating them time after time, he'd become a better shooter. And I'd like to see him post up more and really refine that part of his game. I didn't think that he had, you know, put the time and effort into doing that. It's apparent that he's doing it now. Um, and that's not, that's got nothing to do with me. Like I never really mentioned it to him, but being a student of the game and realizing what he has to do to prolong that career. I mean, it, it's incredible to see a guy 15 years in, maybe having his best season of all of his career right now. See, I think he's does. I think he does. I think he pays attention to stats, which he talks about. He references them a lot oftentimes in the post game press conference, whether it's talking about that specific game or historically in year 15, he has the most points per game since 2010 He's at his second highest rebounds per game in his entire career and the highest assists per game in his entire career, his best field goal percentage and three-point percentage. So he's obviously working on something. I think this is what separates. So, like, when you get this formula, when you get a player that's as physically gifted as he is, because he's obviously been blessed with an you know unbelievable body, you know, the skill set, the ability to, you know, to, to jump out of the gym and all that. But when you combine that with his work ethic, that's how you get – the greatest player of all time yep. or challenge it with MJ. <laughs> no, yeah, for sure. That one. And that's what you see with, that's a commonality in what you see with Tom Brady and Tom Brady's not even the most, but he obviously was gifted with a great arm. Like he can throw the ball, but he has combined it with, see the thing I, I look at it and I'm, I'm kind of like, wow, like I wish I had that type of dedication because I wasn't willing to sacrifice like this much. Like that really impresses me that he was in the gym that early working on his game after he's got so many rings, after he's got the MVPs, after he's got, a billion dollars in the bank, yeah. he still puts in work. Like that to me says that just sets him apart right there. Yeah, he is a he is a leader by example when it comes to that, when it comes to the commitment um to to the process. And they talk about the process a lot. The process isn't just like showing up one morning at shoot around and doing your scouting report. The process is what it takes to build a body, to build a, a mental like uh repertoire of, of, of things that you can go to. Um what did I want to say about him? There was something. Oh, in terms of MJ versus LeBron, um, I grew up on MJ. I, I'm forever an MJ guy. Uh, here's what I'll say to that, though. LeBron and, and today's era of player is more concerned with efficiency than anyone's ever been. And LeBron is efficient. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he might be the most efficient player in the NBA right now. Um, and he certainly – more efficient than MJ was like he, what he's doing in terms of, you know, MJ would get 60, but MJ shot the ball. He shot the ball every time. Like, you know what I mean? Like I love to watch it, but he like LeBron is an efficient streamlined like player. And that's pretty cool to watch. And not, not many people like your average fan. They don't really, you know, see that. But when you're a basketball guy and you can see how efficient and effective he is with the ball, like it is remarkable. I think it's an era that we live in. And I don't, I don't, I mean, I guess you, you hear, debates of old like who was the greatest boxer of all time i get it why can't we just appreciate both of them for being the greatest of their generation like yeah i mean i think it's fun sometimes but people get so hardcore into it i just don't want to get into the weeds on who's better michael or 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 lebron and i would probably take mj as well um after the game lebron was walked by lonzo kind of gave him some dap and then he pulled over his jersey over his mouth and he was talking to him for like a good 30 seconds i love that i thought it was a little bit funny because 
Monzo like didn't know what he was kind of pulling a picture. He's like, should I cover my yeah. mouth too? What, think, what do I, I do? I you think know, LeBron, he, the first thing he said to him was pull your, pull your jersey over your mouth. <laughs> right. right? <laughs> and he was whispering some advice. He was asked about it after and he said he wouldn't go into exactly what he told him, but he did have some words about the game with Lonzo. It's always team. Passes the ball, pushes the ball up the floor, someone that you want to play with. And, uh, you know, that's, you know, this is a team game. Everybody gets so caught up in this whole individual thing and it's, so, you know, the team game gets so overlooked. But then, uh, I mean, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> he was asked about the pressure situation. He was asked about uh, what he said to him. What do you think he was saying? Do you think he was really offering advice, or do you think he was saying, hey, man, meet me after. We'll go grab some dinner? No, I think he I think he was offering um, some advice. I don't think the Lakers are staying around. They probably yeah. got to get out to another game. So I, I think he was giving him just just a little bit of on the fly, hey, man, you're, you're doing a great job. Um this thing doesn't come together in your first year all the time. Like, block that noise out. Um, you know, like that. And I, and I think it was really appreciated, uh, by Lonzo. Uh, you know, when you, when you have guys like LeBron and Steph Curry, his dad put a target squarely on his back before he ever got in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, if the kid turned out to be anything like the dad, guys like LeBron and Steph Curry wouldn't be going out of their way to defend him and deflect for him, right? They see something in the kid. Like, I don't care who you think you are, who's listening to this podcast, who these prognosticators are. Like, when LeBron and Steph Curry see something in you and tell you to on a basketball court, there's something there, right? They know. So the kid has talents. I think LeBron just wanted to let him know that the pressure, um, don't let it get to you. Don't let it, you know, don't crumble under the weight of it right now because no one's judging you off of your first 30 games at the end of the day. This is going to be a, a body of work over a career. So, um Here's what I'll say about Lonzo and, and LeBron. Very similar in what they really, really want to do with the ball, which is pass it. Get it up the court, make teammates better. And I think LeBron learned this as as time went on because he got crucified early in his career for getting off the ball in late-game situations. His point was, I'm making the right basketball play. True. But sometimes the, ba- the right basketball play in crunch time when you're the man isn't necessarily the right basketball play. The right one is for you to keep the ball and make a play. And I think Lonzo... Has to learn that there is something to be said for a guy that will kick it up the court and give you the ball and be selfless like that as a leader. It it inspires people to run with you. It inspires people to play with you because they know they'll get the ball. Having said that, late in games, there's a difference between doing that and letting someone else have the responsibility of getting us a good shot and 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 making the right play as a point guard, which is you getting us into something and creating a play for that player. And he needs to learn that. Don't you think Lonzo though will always be more the facilitator? Like I know I know LeBron has gotten yep. crushed in late game situations for passing on the good shot, but don't you think Lonzo will be the guy yes. that facilitates more? But my point is like he's going to facilitate, but there's a difference between getting it off the rim and firing 40 feet up the court and just asking a guy to go make a play. And, and bringing it down as a point guard, getting us into a set, running pick and roll, creating that, that, um, that, that, that double teamish type of situation with the big and your guard, and then kicking it where you've actually created a play for someone. He's always going to facilitate, but he needs to create more plays down the stretch, not just kick it up the court and hope that one of his teammates does something. So at halftime, something really bothered me. And now I, I don't know if you saw the game on TV, but I was watching it and it was the TNT guys and they're fantastic. Most right. entertaining dudes on TV. Love it. So they come out to halftime. Usually they give a kind of a highlight to the first half and they talk about the game, but they were standing on a court and Kenny Smith wanted to get off something off his chest. <laughs> and I'm sitting there watching and he basically went off on the lack of NBA defense and how easy it is to play offense, to handle the ball, to score, and they showed some highlights from the first half, and he said, here's an example. And he was basically referring to the hand check rule, which since 2003, 2004 has been implemented. It's been called even more so, so that there's more freedom, there's more free-flowing game. You can't keep your hands on a guy when you're trying to DM up. Is the, And it kind of was like, I was sitting there thinking, these guys sound like grumpy old men. Like, they kind of, like, can't you just appreciate there is a different game now, it is a different style, but they all want to make it sound like the NBA was better in the 90s. Is there... Like, I think it's the only sport where you have former players who don't want to admit that today's player is bigger, faster, and yes, probably even better than you were. Yeah. Uh, Do you agree with me or am I crazy about that? No, Do you think the game was better in the 90s and it was, it was, it was that much harder? I get it might have been more, it was more physical. Yeah, I don't agree that the game was better. I agree that the game was tougher. Um, I agree that, you know, you, you had to, 
physically it was probably more demanding on, on people, just the style with which it was played and what you were allowed to do. Um, they've stripped a lot of that out of the game strategically. That's why I believe the NBA to be, you know, the, the, the next great league and the one that will, you know, be the, the forerunner in, in, in the major sports in America because they saw the trend, right? They were like, look, this is getting too physical. Like people don't want to watch and see games in the eighties. People want to see games in the one twenties. Let's start putting in some rules that, that strips some of this, this uh, power away from the defense and the big brawny beat you up physical guy. And let's get these high scoring games. Um, let's get rid of the fighting. And they've done a really good job of that. And it's more entertaining now. And at the end of the day, like the difference, you know, I try to explain to fans sometimes and they don't want to hear it. I get it, but yeah, this is basketball and it's my job, but this is entertainment. Yeah, right. I'm putting mm-hmm. this show on in hopes that you will buy and spend a lot of money, a ticket, um, and come watch it. So there's got to be a level of entertainment. And I, I think to some degree they're grumpy old dudes, but the yeah. game's definitely not like worse than it was. It's better. These athletes are more finely tuned. They jump higher. They run faster. They shoot better. There's no way the game is, is, is worse than it was. I just randomly looked up a year on pro basketball reference, chose 1997 finals. The Bulls, Jazz, pretty low scoring. Would you want to see a 78 to 73 finals game? Because that was game four. <laughs> right. No, no. It, it, that's a, the highest scoring game was 104-93, and that was by far the highest scoring game. And back then, we thought that was great. And, you know, just things – look, man, things things move – they move forward, right? It doesn't stop. I just gotta, don't know why the, the guys from the 90s won't just come to grips with it and say, you know what? These guys are really good. Like, let's just appreciate it. Like, it's almost like they want to inject themselves and say – if I played today, I would score 30 a game, which maybe you would, maybe you wouldn't. Right. Like, I, who knows? But just let it just appreciate what you're watching. The, there's no doubt the athletes are better. And guys, like, there was never a seven footer in the 80s and 90s who could step out from three and pop back and keep you having to defend them that far from the rim. That's true. Here, you know? but here, I, I do believe that the top scorers, though, from the 90s, would be the top score. Like, they'd be phenomenal in today's yeah. game. Like, if you couldn't hand check Michael Jordan, yeah. if you couldn't, like, Lay the wood to Larry Bird every time he got the ball. Like they, they would have a field day scoring in, so let in me, today's NBA. Let me ask you this. Would Steph Curry succeed in the eighties and nineties? Could you have him succeed? Or would, would he not get shots off? It would be a lot more difficult for Steph Curry to, to, to be successful. And, and his skill set would probably like still be fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, he shoots the ball from <laughs> damn near half court. Right. That's, <laughs> but when you get a guy who's not physically like as big and strong as some of the guards, were, and then you're going to let people just manhandle him everywhere he goes, it, it becomes exponentially harder for a small guard to, to be super successful. All right, so the NBA was in full force last night. The NFL was garbage, but there was a game with the Knicks. Uh, they were on, and the, the most interesting game wasn't the fact they were playing the Nets, having a good game, but it was this scary situation. Porzingis just asked to come out. Not the sight you want to see. Kristaps Porzingis heading back to the Knicks locker room. So the Knicks are in the eighth seed right now, having a great season by their standards. They're looking to try to, you know, to turn around this disastrous franchise, which is built around Kristaps Porzingis. How in trouble are they if he's out? Like, I, I will say this, because there have been, we were trying to get Debo on this, say, hey, what's going on with, you know, the injury? There's rumors that it could be potentially an ACL. I think that's the ultimate fear. Right. If you lose him, your season's down the drain. Yeah, if, listen, if you, if you lose him, like, let's, let's be frank, like, the season doesn't matter. Like, the question then becomes, and I had this argument with my father-in-law, who's a, a huge Knicks fan and is, is like, super excited about Chris Stapps and the prospects of, of the Knicks in the future. For me, the jury's out. Like, he hasn't proven that he can play. Now, I know Joel Embiid hasn't proven that he can play a whole season, and Chris Stapps isn't to that degree. But I'm not sure that Chris Stapps has finished a whole season yet either. Do we have, like, he, he seems to be semi-injury prone. And that's a concern for me. Again, seven three. Yeah. Early in your career, you can't stay healthy. That rarely turns out to where you become like an, an a seventy nine game player for the rest of your career. It's usually the opposite of that. Like when you're injury prone that early and you're seven three, you typically are injury prone for a career. And no matter how bright uh, your future is or how high of a ceiling you have as a player, if you're not healthy and available. Like, you can't live up to the hype, and the Knicks as a franchise are in a lot of trouble. So then the next question for me becomes if, you know, and this is that that whole, like, how tough are we thing. I don't know if you're injured or not. I don't know. And if that's not an injury and you just had a little tweak of something, like, that's where I think the league has changed tremendously. Yeah. Like, back back when we played and a little before us, like, if you just tweak something, like, who cares? Back like, in. Let, let's hoop. Yeah. You know? And so, you know, 
guys now, like, man, you roll an ankle, like a, a, a first degree ankle sprain and they miss three weeks. Like, I, I, I do believe that today's player is a little, a little softer in that regard. Uh, but I hope for Knicks fans that Chris Stapps is cool because if he's not, and this is a major injury, I'm telling you right now, like, that is something to be concerned with, not for, not just because this season he'll miss, but for the future, he's an injury-prone athlete. Hopefully you're seeing the case of Twitter doctors who are out there searching WebMD saying try to figure it out because it wasn't that long ago. I think it was a couple weeks ago. Porzingis was playing in a game, and you saw a video. He rolled his ankle awful. Like right. it was totally rolled over. They had it in slow motion. It was a gif online. Everybody's like, oh, my gosh, he's done for the season. He was cleared to return later in that game, the same game <laughs> which he rolled his ankle. So who knows what it will be. Obviously, yeah. we hope it's for cool. him. Uh, speaking of tough guys. Not sure if he's going to be make, uh, able to make it back, but Gordon Hayward. We all remember the opening night against the Cavs. He's there. One of the most gruesome injuries we've seen of yep. our time when, you know, it's, it's snapped the wrong way. He has, he's out of his walking boot. It was just two months ago and he had a quote to the Boston Globe said, it's definitely in the back of my mind when he's asked about returning this season. This season, I'm definitely going to push it back as fast as I can while making sure that I still have a lot of good years of basketball in me. Coming back early and hurting something else is not part of that plan, so I'm making sure that if I come back, I'm 1,000% confident in myself and my leg. I hope more than anything I can make this play this season. That would be awesome, but that's not something I'm stressing about. I'm, stress, I'm stressing about what I can do today to make myself better. Celtics fans are going nuts over these quotes. Like, yeah. oh, he's coming back. He's coming back. He's going to make a run for the playoffs. Yeah, pump your brakes. Like, <laughs> Gordon, Gordon has a really good support staff around him. Great family. Um, they, they will not be pressured by anyone. Not that the Boston Celtics would do that. Um, I, they just locked him in. They got Kyrie. They're not, they're not going to rush him back, but it will never be an issue of whether or not he's pressured into playing because his support staff is too strong. Gordon's a bright, a bright young man. Um, injuries like that are really tricky because first you have to heal physically, right? And you, you got to make sure that it can withstand the pounding and going through workouts and then going through like one-on-ones and three on like non-contact stuff. And then, you know, three on three and then, you know, progress to like full court and see how it responds, whether it swells or not. And, and, um, it has a reaction, but that's just hurdle one. Like the mental hurdle is the big hurdle, like trusting that the next time you go up for a lob, like you're not going to come down and just completely like snap, the bottom of your leg off. Yeah. And, and that takes time. I'm not sure that you heal mentally, um, over the course of one NBA season from a catastrophic injury like that. If, if I'm in Gordon's camp, you know, I, I would, I would, it would be next year. Like let's heal physically. If we're back around playoff time, um, on the court, you know, working out, um, let's clear that mental hurdle over the summer and then we'll come back next year. We'll probably give the Cavs a whole nother year to figure out their mess, making us even probably more viable in the Eastern Conference. Let's just shut this down. But I, I, for his sake, thinking that he may have an opportunity to come back probably helps. Yeah. Right. Having that proverbial carrot in front of you, something to work towards, that probably helps his emotional state right now. I would, I would wonder regular season ends April 11th, you know, the playoffs last couple months. If you get, if you go that far how effective he would be. Yeah. Because you want to have him back practicing, right, for a month probably, or at least to get into well, basketball yeah, playing the, shape. Not only for his physical, like, well-being, but your team will have played a whole season without him. And integrating a part as big as Gordon Hayward is going to require at least a month worth of chemistry building before you could even be, you know, the type of team that you want to be. So there are a lot of reasons why that would be playing it really, really close to the wire, bringing him back. Yeah, hopefully he comes back sooner rather than later. All the best to him, to Gordon Hayward. Hopefully he comes back in full recovery because that was one of the nastiest things we've ever seen. I'm sh uh, Hopefully their staff is all over, and I'm sure they are. NFL was in action last night. It was awful. Uh, it was an awful game. It's one of those ones where the NFL looks in the preseason and says, hey, Thursday night, what can we do? Broncos looked appealing. They've right. fallen apart. The Colts are trash. The only thing that was exciting about it was that you did get Brock Osweiler to play a little bit. He scored a touchdown on a run. Do we got that? Do we have a highlight from that? Do you want to play it? Uh, let's hear it. I like I like sound. Let's hear it. 15, 10, 5. Osweiler leaps into the end zone. Touchdown, Denver. He leaped into the end yeah, zone? Yeah, he he leaped. He, there is a pretty cool – actually, CBS Sports put it up, and he's like exactly vertical. He looks exactly like Superman yeah. when he's going into the end zone. Good moment for him. He's been trashed because, <laughs> you know, Houston paid him so much money. Then he goes to Cleveland. It's Not been a disaster. Fault. Exactly. Yeah. He's 30, $36 million richer. Got to have Whatever it. it is, $32 million. It's a lot. Uh, so good for him, getting people off his back. That wasn't what people were talking about. Though and it wasn't even the NBA, it was. You ready for this? Uh. Star Wars: The Last Jedi release. <laughs> Are you a Star Wars junkie at all? Um, no, uh, <laughs> like not even not even a question. 
I, I've seen like Return of the Jedi, Empire Strikes Back. Um, the first three. Yeah. When, when you I were was a kid? younger. Yeah. You know, I even tried to like let my kids watch it like about maybe a year ago. I was like, all right, fellas, we're going to watch the trilogy. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. Let's sit down and watch it. They lasted all about 20 minutes. <laughs> so did I. And I was like, I'm out of here. But no, I'm not. I haven't seen anything since those three. All I see are nerds. <laughs> when I see those people lining up for the midnight showing of them, I, I don't know if I've ever – I don't, I'm trying to think of anything that I'm that passionate about outside my family. Right. Like, I just don't envision myself ever getting that pumped up. A game, maybe. Right. But even if Florida State was playing for a national championship, which they did not too long ago, I was excited, but I wasn't like cuckoo about it, like crazy bananas, like some of these people are. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand the. F- and I can't keep up with the Star Wars trilogy. Like, cause first of all, you did the Star Wars three that we saw when we were kids. Right. Then you went back and did a prequel earlier. And now these ones are one-offs. Like the next three are one. I can't keep track of who's who in the stupid trilogy. Yeah, I have no idea because they were adults when we watched. They were all adults. <laughs> yes. And now they and then were they like went back kids to kids. And now and there's new characters, and you might sprinkle in some flashbacks yeah. with Princess Leia and Luke. Like I, that's, it's too much to keep track of for me. Yeah, it's, too hard. I, it's a bunch of nerds out yeah. there. I put them right there with Star Trek. We're going to lose who, listeners over this. Who, Probably. Like, <laughs> who's got a more rabid fan base though? The Trekkians or the the like the Star Warsians? I what put you, them all in the same boat. I say you put them all on an island, and then you have an all-out war. And then to go with the last man standing is whoever gets to continue the franchise there. I would go with all these movies from the 80s kind of that were yeah. – I would go with Rocky. The Rocky franchise, oh. I would take any day over the Star Wars franchise. Super dope. I'm a Rocky guy. Yeah. I'm a Rocky. We're, 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 we're jocks, though. Like, so what you're, what, you're, what you're talking about is like a high school, like, a high school, like cast clicks. system. Right, yeah. clicks. We are, we're the jocks. Like you would call them – if you didn't the call nerds. them nerds, yeah, well, yeah. if you didn't call them nerds, what would you, you know call who, them? Would they well, be you know like? Who, you know who likes them now? Analytics dudes. Analy- These are analytics guys. <laughs> That's who's watching Star Wars. A bunch of analytics nerds who are trying to figure out their fantasy points. All right, now we're going to have inner, inner company stuff with oh, our my fantasy God. squad. Uh, getting after it. They're going to be not too happy with us. Uh, so what do we do? Some picks and props? Let's how are do... we doing? What do you, what do you got for us? All right. So ha- how about this? Two weeks ago, we debuted picks and props on yep. the pod. Raja, that first week, Went one and four on oh. Friday. Last week, Raja was out on Friday. Coincidence? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so Raja, one and four on the season. Danny, you're now four and four. You went two and three during the conference championships and two and one last week. I hate in the that. NFL. I, so a lot of people will say that's pretty good in gambling, like 50, at least you're not losing money. I hate that. Ugh. I would rather be one and four. Than four and four. Why? Because I would I would rather be four and one or four <laughs> nine and one than four and four. I hate being four and four. Middle of the road is no fun, That's and it gets me in trouble because I'm with that in my in my like I have a little side account. Yeah, yeah, yeah a, little a little something to keep some action on it. If I'm four and four, I'm loading up on the next game to try to get, some, and that is not how you win. So you probably don't want to listen to me for well, gambling. You have advice. to win like fifty four percent to break even. As right, if, if we have to juice? teach the yeah. juice, yeah, terms, yeah, the juice, right? Yeah. The, juice, the juice is that. Oh, that's the the interest. Yeah. Well, that's what they charge you to gamble because they don't just let you do it for free. They should though, but not the money they make over you from losses. Huh. They charge you ten percent on most bets. Really? Yeah, most so, of them. That's kind of the going rate. That's interesting. All right, Very so we got four games. We're going to do a pick and a prop for each NFL game. We'll start with the Chargers, who are a pick 'em at the Chiefs. These teams trending in opposite directions. Both seven and six. This could go a long way in determining the AFC West division. Who you got? You want it? Uh, I'm going to take the Chiefs. Chiefs at home, Arrowhead. Yeah. Um, I know the Chargers are hot, um, but I think they get it figured out. I don't – man, it would be a long time since I've seen a team just completely fall apart like that. I And I want the storyline to be a good one for the playoffs, so my heart is going with the Chiefs at home because I want to see them win. I think you're spot on. Right. I, I think Arrowhead is one of the places that's the most like a college atmosphere. It's a great fan base. Reminds me of Florida State because they get the tomahawk right. chop going. They do the chant. Um these teams, though, are completely opposites. If you look at the Chargers, started off 0-4. They're one of the hottest teams now. The Chiefs, we had in the Super Bowl, Alex Smith was going to win the MVP Jesus. after four games. And they have fallen apart. But I think they figured it out the last couple weeks uh, against the Jets a couple weeks ago. And they lost. Alex Smith still had four, uh, uh, four touchdowns, 300 yards passing. I think they're getting things figured out. And they're playing at home. I think the Chiefs get it done. All right, the prop on this one, over, under, 50% of fans that are like, <laughs> there's the NFL on Saturday. <laughs> All right. So I think – Two Saturday games this week. Two Saturday games. This is obviously the one you want to watch. 
It's in prime time, right? It's at 830. I'm going to say under because I think NFL fans have been starved for good matchups. And I think you see the lack of college football. There is a full slate of bowl games, but I think they'll be dialed in for this one. Over. Um, <laughs> you say they all forget. I'm saying over because I had no idea that game was on Saturday. Like, absolutely no idea until I just read it. I actually didn't know until Monday when we did previews of the game. But I I always do remember it is great to get bonus NFL yeah, on Saturday night. Absolutely. And since the Thursday night was trash, I think they'll be looking for something. All right. This one is a big matchup, much anticipated return of Aaron Rodgers to the field. Roger doesn't necessarily think Rodgers should come back, but he's going to be there. The Packers are at the Panthers and they're in a two-and-a-half-point underdog. Rodgers, though, is tempering some expectations for this team. Um, obviously, I think there's an expectation of the, the way I play on Sunday and how I'm going to play. Uh, I enjoy those expectations. I enjoy uh, meeting those or exceeding those. Um, that's what it means to be a leader in this locker room and, and the quarterback of this team is, is going out and performing and doing your job. Hopefully it gives a lift to some of the guys. But... Uh, but I'm not coming back to, to save this team. I'm coming back to to uh, play quarterback the way I know how to play it. So Panthers minus 2.5 against the Packers. They're hosting the Packers. Um, I'm uh, my gambling consigliere, right? How do you <laughs> yeah. say that? How do you say yeah. that word? I love I that, that word. Right. I love yeah. that word from like uh, or my advisor, my the guru, godfather. my yes, my godfather told me that he was told once, right, <laughs> yep. to be a good gambler, you have to take like opposite of where most of the money is. Mm-hmm. So for that reason, I'm taking Green Bay Packers. I'm surprised that the public money is actually on the Panthers because people buy into Rodgers. Hey, he's going to – he, he's trying to deflect all that, saying I'm not the savior for this team. Yeah. I think he is. Yeah. I think he makes that much a difference. The only problem is the Panthers, they're really good. They're really defense. good. <laughs> and they're playing at home. I'll say this. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to take the Packers because I think it is the smart play. He's piggybacking, bro. I think the Panthers. I know, He's right? This is, this is kind of this right is now. weak, so but I don't. I don't like having to force the issue just to go to their side. I think the Panthers win by one, but the Packers cover. How's yeah. that? All there right. What's the prop? The prop: Aaron Rodgers minus one point five passing touchdowns versus Aaron Rodgers' brothers that have won the Bachelorette. <laughs> I don't even understand what that well, means. I don't. What is I'm that? having what a hard is, time that following that so one. So Aaron, Aaron Rodgers' brother Jordan has one brother yep. that won the Bachelorette. Yep. He would have to have three touchdown passes for the first part to, of this bet to hit, <laughs> two or less for the bachelorette part to hit. Bachelor, I'm taking the bachelorette. <laughs> you are. You're taking Jordan. They're going to be all over Jordan him. Rogers. Yeah, they're taking Jordan Rodgers. <laughs> so what's the number of touchdowns? Is three or – He has to have three or more. I'll take the under because I think at some point they'll get some They'll get some touchdowns. I think he'll probably throw for two touchdowns. Somewhere in the red zone they'll punch one in with a running game, you know, the run – so I'm going to say under. I had a hard time following that one. Oh, Debo, we got to step up your prop game. All right, moving on. The NFC West, another division battle. The Rams are at the Seahawks. We didn't think this was going to be a meaningful game at the beginning of the season. Very meaningful right now. The Seahawks at home are two-and-a-half-point favorites. Again, a similar line to that last one. Who you guys like here? I just like the match. These are some good games. Yeah. These are good games this week. But I, I'm taking the Rams. And I, I like to see – Seattle looks like like it's one of the few places that I'd really like to go watch a game. Mm-hmm. It looks like like you said Arrowhead's got to be an amazing environment, but Seattle yeah. looks like it is too. But they're so depleted in that secondary and defensively. Um, I I just you know they're coming off the Rams are coming off that loss to the Eagles. I, I I'm taking the Rams and I'm taking them to win. I got to take one of these first because I don't like hopping on Rajas' <laughs> coattails here. I don't know. I kind of want to take the Seahawks don't now, but I was coming into this thinking the Rams. Don't do it. I think the Seahawks, some of that mystique of playing at the link is gone after they lost. Oh, they beat the Eagles, didn't they? As heavy underdogs. They were underdogs in that game and beat them Four at and home. Four and a half point underdogs in yep. that one. All right. I'm taking the Seahawks at home. You just talked me into it. I'm fading you. I'm going to say they win. Although I kind of like Jared Goff and the Rams playing here as the hot team. I wonder how long Russell Wilson can keep carrying the Seahawks team. Playing at home, though, it is one of the best home field advantages in the NFL. You are right. You need to go see a game there. And it's it's the new style game. It's not like Kansas City, Green Bay. Those are all old school cloud, crowds. My, yeah. This is new school. Like, they're what do you mean? Crazy new school. Like, I think the, 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 the Kansas City, the Green Bay, they have a collegiate feel to it. Right. This one is a city that doesn't embrace college football. It's not – it's a – it's – they're like – 
it's Paul Allen, so it's Microsoft. It's like it's newer money. Yeah. So they're like newer to this NFL craze, so it just feels different. I got it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's a little less traditional. Like yeah, a little, like they, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. They do the twelfth man. They get the guy up to, to put the flag up the pole. It's pretty cool. All it's right. a good scene. Prop on this one: Will a player on either team get ejected? <laughs> yes, plus one thirty. No, minus one fifty. The Seahawks definitely have a history of this. Yes, they do. Recent After last weekend, <laughs> what was the Michael Bennett fine ever come out? Did he ever get suspended a game because he should have been for no suspension? I don't think. That's messed up. He should have been because no he suspension. was rolling up a guy's uh, knees, which was pretty messed up. I'm going to take the under all day. There's no way after what happened last week. You almost had the player go in the stands. You had Michael Bennett almost get into a scuffle. There's no way. Plus, no. I don't think this team hates each other that much. No, there's not that black, bad blood there. And no, like you'd be, you'd have to be a moron to get suspended after what happened last year. All right, last pick. I mean, last week. Yeah. So you guys really like those games. Well, I think you're going to like this one. It yeah. might be the game of the year. Steelers coach Mike Tomlin is hyped for the matchup with the Patriots this week? I love it. You know, um, it's good to be in big games. It's better to be in big games than ones that nobody's watching. You know, um, we, we, better, we better be appreciative of, of this spot and not resist it in any way, but embrace it. Um, because this is what we've been fighting for. So this will probably determine home field advantage in the AFC playoffs. The Patriots on the road, three-point favorites against the Steelers. Oh. Go ahead, you take it. Danny, All right. you first. I'm taking the Pats. I'm jumping on them early. Tom Brady, in his career, in the regular season, 24 touchdowns, three interceptions, wherever he plays the Steelers. In the postseason, he owns them as well. If you would have asked me Monday morning who I was going to, before the Dolphins, uh, the Dolphins beat the Patriots, I might have taken the Steelers. Right. But because the Patriots look like garbage on Monday night, I'm saying they come in hot, they come in pissed off, and they go into Heinz Field. And they beat the, and they beat the Steelers. I could not agree with you more. Um, and I'm going to take the Steelers. <laughs> I just because I'm not piggybacking. I want to go uh, and I'll make the case for you. it. I make the case for it. Um, and I really think the Patriots are going to win. But that that Patriots uh, defense it, it, it reverted on Monday. Like it didn't look good either. The offense struggled obviously without Gronk, and they were getting after Tom Brady. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that defense didn't look great either. It made Jay Cutler look like there was like. Like the Jay Cutler that Dolphins fans expected to <laughs> yes. see. And Roethlisberger, that core receivers, and Le'Veon Bell are coming in there ready to go. So I'm going to take the Steelers. I'm going to take them to run away with it. Ooh, I, I like mm-hmm. it. All right. All right. So Danny and Raja agree on two picks, disagree on two picks. So we could have some movement yeah. action. Yeah. All right. Our final prop. I'm never going to make a Bachelor reference in the picks and props. <laughs> Good. Solid, solid choice. So here we got. Which team will have the flashiest touchdown <laughs> celebration on Sunday? Steelers, heavy, heavy favorites, yeah. minus 1,500, Patriots plus 800. Here. So you'd have to bet $1,500 to win 100. To win 100. That's still safe money. <laughs> right? It's a guarantee. <laughs> it's a guarantee. The Patriots, I can't even think, have they done anything coordinated all season long? I don't think they have. The Gronk spike, but that's not. Yeah, but that's, not, yeah, that's like no. it's something he's been doing anyway. Meanwhile, it's the so Steelers corny. every week have done something different. You know how I feel about the celebrations. Like yeah. some of them are corny. The Gronk spike is even cornier. <laughs> like, like you can't just keep spiking the ball with the Gronk spike. Like, say, why not? Say, it, I Raja, like it. what do you think about Gronk? Gronk, what did what did I say about Gronk? He looks like a moron. He does. <laughs> he looks like like he looks like an idiot. I mean, I I don't dislike Gronk. I think he's like the well, best he, tight end in football. He just looks like an idiot. Well, he also sounds like an idiot yeah, too. He's I, not exactly the brightest cat in the world. He's sixty nine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it gets old after a while. But I would love to be throwing to him. I'd like to party with Gronk. Yeah. I'd like exactly. to see what you got no going doubt. on there, bro. We'll put bro. you on that cruise. Right. We'll put you on the Gronk <laughs> cruise next time it goes out. All right, let's get to some topics. I think we only have one today, but I think it's a good one. Hi, right, your guy, both your guys, A-Rod. He made a commencement speech at Miami, and he asked, does the cap and gown make him look any smarter? I asked, <laughs> what? Does it? <laughs> <laughs> it definitely makes you look collegiate. Collegial. Collegial. I don't know which word. Ne- is never that. went to college, passed off an opportunity to play at Miami in order to go into the MLB draft. That's what happens when you donate a whole lot of money to yeah. get a new baseball stadium. Yep. That's <laughs> you are right. Have you ever given a commencement address? Uh, no. And nor, nor do I think I'm qualified to give a commencement well, address. I've right. given a lot of pregame speeches. Have you ever given a speech to Miami, a team at Miami? I have via phone. I gave a speech to the basketball team before the ACC championship in, uh, I don't know. This would have been probably 2009, 2010. It didn't go over well. They promptly rolled out and got smashed. Um, <laughs> by who? Like Duke uh, or something? I don't even remember because I was in Golden State and my buddy Matt Calloway was a strength and conditioning guy and he called me and asked if I'd do it. So I, I, I did it. 
and but they, they, they got smashed. They, what are you gonna do? <laughs> I, I would blame it on the phone. Like you can't give a you can't give a pregame motivation speech. I blame the Hurricanes for having you do it on the phone. Yeah, like, I should have Skype. Waited. Even I'm saying Skype would even be hard. You have to do it right. in person to get the full emotion, the emotional uplift that you would need in that type of. He atmosphere. was probably scrambling. I was probably picked like number five, <laughs> and he couldn't get people that were gonna be there in person. So I gave a commencement speech. Oh, where? To my high school. Oh, there you go. It was probably 2008, around the same time. Yeah. I, I, was, I had to like think about it. It's like, cause you feel like it's an honor, right? Yes. This high school kids, a really important moment for them. So I like wrote something out. I thought it went over well. Good. Who knows though? No, oh, well, I'd be nervous as hell to college. give a some speech. All right. This is my favorite part of the week. We do our five star Q and A. So All right. five star Q and five star Q and A Friday, which is when if you go on to Apple Podcasts, Rate us as five stars. Subscribe to the show. And in the review, you ask us a question. We will answer those questions. So okay. we got some good ones this week, right, Debo? Yeah. All right. Uh, so let me start. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. I like this one. All right. Danny, the question is, would you rather fight one horse-sized duck or 15 duck-sized horses? <laughs> I can barely even read the sentence. <laughs> no, we- no weapons. Hashtag no, no weapons. weapons. Yeah, that has to be cleared up yes. all the time. I would say... I'm going to fight the 15 duck-sized horses. You always go smaller yeah. because you could kick them. You can get them out of the way and just stomp <laughs> on them. One horse-sized duck, like anything horse-sized, the horses are huge. Horses are huge. Ducks yeah. have those beaks. I am terrified of a horse as it is. If it was the size of a duck, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want any. Or no, flipped around. I can't keep track of which is which. The All I know duck. is I'm taking the 15 smaller things. Yeah. Yeah, I can take those down. There what you about go. you? What would you take down? I'm taking the smaller ones, bro. Yeah, ducks, it's ducks like are no brainer. Ducks are nasty. Yeah, like, you think that like they've got these claws on the end of those webbed feet. <laughs> yeah, if they were the size of a horse, like one of those things would like impale you. Um, and their beaks are nasty. I'm I'm taking the little things too. Shout right. out to our guy Bauer Sauce on Twitter. For Bauer that Sauce, <laughs> nice. All right, what about what do you think? The the uh, OKC has been a little bit of a disaster. Uh, I know people said, hey, it's going to be a super team. They were figuring that model, get the big three going there with Paul George and Mello and Westbrook. It has been anything but. What do you think the root of the problem is? Um, I think it's a it's a multifaceted problem. I think part of it has to do with, with the big three um, and some role clarification there. Um, more of it has to do with Billy Donovan and helping them clarify their roles, putting them in sets. Um, they clearly define them. Um, you know, they, they need to know unequivocally whose ball it is, when it's their ball, how I'm going to get my shots, what sets are for me. I don't feel like he's done a really good job, um, with that. So I, I would say it's, it's, it's got some to do with, uh, with the big three and just trying to figure it out together. But Billy Donovan, that's your job is to make sure that they do figure it out and put him in p- positions to be successful. So it, it probably leaning more towards Billy, but it's, it's multifaceted. You? Uh, I don't, I think a lot of it's Russ. I think he's one of the, I think I love to watch him play. Yeah. But there's only one ball. Yeah. You know, and he likes it in his hands a lot. He likes to take those shots. And you got two guys who want to get their shots too. I think there's some chemistry issues. I think they'll get it figured out. I mean, I remember when LeBron was on the heat and they had the big three. It sure. was ugly early. They sure. had to figure it out. So I think like once they kind of, it takes time. I think people expect things to just work. Like, you, hey, you're going to put three superstars on the team? They're going to be great. Right. No, it takes time. Even though they're that great, physically gifted, it's going to take some time. Agreed. Um, all right, so you were a you know, high school star down here in South Florida, wound up at Florida State. Did you ever consider going to the great University of Florida? I can't even believe I read great University of Florida. But <laughs> That's did you how like, they wrote it. They yeah, 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 exactly. Great University exactly. of Florida. That's from our guy uh, Jedward on there. Uh, I did. But Florida was in my top three. Okay. So it was Florida State, it was Florida, and it was Michigan. And the only reason, not the only reason, because I really liked Bobby Bowden, I liked Mark Richt, but I was talking to Steve Spurrier. Like, yeah. He was the guy who recruited me to go to Florida. One of the things that I really didn't like about Florida was the way he handled his quarterbacks. Really? Because he was yanking dudes left and right. He was running two quarterback systems. Yep. It was Shane Matthews and Terry Dean were the guys at the time. And I just didn't want to get into that situation. I was like, I want to be somewhere where if I win the job, I don't have to work over my, you know, every time I look over my shoulder and say, uh-oh, I have to interception. I'm going to get benched. Um, looking back on it, like I, I didn't like Spurrier when we played against him. I like, couldn't stand him. But yeah. now I've gotten to know him as I've gotten older. And I think I would have loved playing for him. Really? Like he likes talking trash. He's cocky. I think his, some of his schemes, and I'm not saying like I love playing at Florida State, sure. but I look at it and I'm like, you know what? It probably would have been fun playing for Steve Spurrier. Yeah. And hearing the way he, like he is hard. You better have some thick skin though, because he will trash your quarterbacks. Like, like his that. famous line is, 
he, he would say to the quarterback after he comes off the field and throws an interception, he's like, yep, it's not your fault. It's my fault for putting you in there. Like, you know, like, I was just, he would crush dudes as they're coming off the field. Um, I love it. Is there one team that you wish you had joined during your career? Uh, yeah, there, there's one, uh, there are two probably for me. I would have loved the chance to play for the Lakers. Um, unfortunately at the end of my career, when that opportunity presented itself, uh, I, I, I had offers for, for considerably more money. Like, mm-hmm. so I, I went and played for that. Like I, the Lakers weren't winning a championship anyway. So like it, it didn't make much of a difference. And then, um, you know, most people are like, you would have liked to play in Miami. I, I would have really enjoyed playing in New York. Yeah, I would have wanted to see what that looked like. I have a lot of friends. My wife's family is from there, and that just looks like a, a, you know, I loved that stage. I loved playing in New York. Like I loved being in the Garden, and I would have liked to have had a chance to play there. It is one of the most unique. I mean, play for the Giants. We get to play in Manhattan, but you feel you feel like you're New York's team. Yeah. And there are first of all, there's a ton more opportunity to make money. Like there's just a lot of side gigs you can do, but the fans up there are some of the most unique, special, devoted fans yeah like and it's a sinatra song like if you can make it here you can make it anywhere yeah. it is very true even like, even more so for basketball i feel because it's yeah. such a mecca for basketball and whenever i'm there in the summertime like i feel like my game would be appreciated in new york because it was like it was appreciated yeah. in philly and their similar type of hard hat t- like I, I just feel like it would have been oh, a good fit you would have been that you would have had endorsement deal after endorsement uh, deal. Like, they would have loved you. Don't rub it in, bro. You would, <laughs> my bad. I didn't mean to rub it in. But you could have been set for life. Like, you would have been living. Because that's the thing. If you br- – and I'm saying you would have brought a championship. But if you can do something memorable, if you can make – even in if New it's York. just a style of play that they yeah. remember, they will never forget you. Yep. Like, if you brought – if you're a football player and you bring them a Super Bowl, you are set for life. Like, buy, people buy you dinners everywhere you go. You're going to be hooked up for yeah, life. Damn it. All right. I, last. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to rub it in. Last topic we got to get to is one of the last five-star Q&A questions. Eric, do you want to you want to tee us up on this one? Yeah. So yesterday or today, the Cypher King Eminem dropped an album, and our guy Tubbs34 asked, who wins in a Cypher battle, and can we hear that on the podcast? Now, <laughs> before we get to this, Danny Cannell, professional football player, professional podcaster, professional rapper. Yeah. And he slayed him. He slayed him. <laughs> a couple questions for you, Raja. Yep. Mm, Did you – I officially I, – I'm getting older, yes. right? I'm getting a little bit more out of touch. But I feel like I'm still kind of in tune to what's going on with the culture, yep. right? I did not know what a cypher was six months ago. Really? Have you heard cypher a long time as a freestyle? Like, have you been aware of that term? Yes. Longer than five years ago? Yes. Really? Yes. Because, uh, yes, cyphers have been around – like, they're they're – different levels of ciphers like there's uh <laughs> yeah. like when we were in college cipher meant two different things but yes i've been aware of the term <laughs> cipher for a while <laughs> all right i just i maybe i was kind of yeah. head in my sand yeah, i didn't I, know what hey, it was hey um you better get your rap lingo up bro. <laughs> i'm better, better but i knew i could still win so there was <laughs> there was something that was almost as good as my flow that we heard right there yeah this was trending on twitter yesterday so black thought from yeah, the, roots. the roots, right? He was on Funkmaster Flex's show. Flex. And he goes off. I want to give you just a little bit of taste of this. Just okay. a little bit of taste. I think we got a few seconds of this. But listen to what he did live freestyling with Funkmaster Flex. Form. I don't burn bridges, yo. I keep the haters running for them. I ain't one of y'all peers. I'm the sum of all fears. Somebody stronger than me. Who that? I'm all ears like a bomber. I wish he had another four years. Y'all some jolly good Hollywood squares. I'm like a him. Approach the author with your offspring. I spoil rappers rotten like my only offspring. All right. So Dang. that was nine minutes and 44 seconds long. If you haven't listened to it, you almost have to listen to it like 10 times to get the little subtle verses that are in there. Right. A couple thoughts when I had when I was listening. First, just so you know, no, there was no 
hook. There was no stop down. There was no, hey, there's a chorus in the background. Right. It was that tempo straight through without taking a breath. That is fantastic. Nine minutes that. and 44 seconds. How much was that you just gave me? 20. What, 20 min, a 20 Nine second clip? minutes and 44 seconds. The entire time he goes. What does type not of stop. talent do you have to have to do that? Like, Insane. So let me ask you something because I asked Debo this before the yeah. show. We were talking about it because it was, it, it was incredible. How much of it do you think? Because it's saying there, people are saying that oh, it's one of the greatest freestyles of all time. Is that technically a freestyle, or do you think he had it all mapped out for well, nine minutes and forty-four seconds? Here's my beef. I think that uh, he probably knew he was going up. I think that was off the dome. I think really off the dome. I, I think now listen. I think that he may have. I don't think that was a rehearsed nine-minute flow. I think he may have jotted down some some some, some phrases, some stuff that, that he could go to, and I think he recalled that. But I don't think that was a rehearsed, pre-scripted, all-in-order um, um, thing. I think a lot of that was off the dome, but he had probably you know had some notes put down prior to. But that's my beef with all these rap battles now. When I watch them on all this stuff, pre- it's all yeah, yeah, it's all like, and they stop. You know, and then they got to find their flow again, and they come right back in where they left off. You know it's scripted. Looking like, on I, the notes folder on their iPhone. Yeah, it's ridiculous, <laughs> man. I, I, I think when I think Cypher, I think freestyle. I think, like, put a beat down, like, give me a drink, and, like, off the top of your head, no pre-rehearse. Like, that's what freestyle means for me. Like, it's, I'm an old curmudgeon. So like if that. he freestyled that whole thing, I think there were probably parts of it, maybe, like, two or three-minute stretches, and yeah. you might have tied them together. But I don't know. How do you memorize that much I don't verbiage? Know. Like, yeah. it is a ton. I'll put that up there. If that is freestyle, I'll put it up there with Wilt dropping 100 points. Yeah. I'll put it up there with any of the greatest games like any athlete has ever put down. Like you talk about going into the zone, like he is in the biggest, like the greatest zone you've ever seen. Yeah, like I, I, not one stumble. There's not one stumble in nine minutes and 44 seconds. Not one stumble. I got to go listen to that because that thing, that was, <laughs> that was, that was dope. Just that 20 second clip. I'm about to go fire it up when I get in the car. How long could you give? How, if we did a cipher right now, a battle, a rap battle? 45 seconds. You could? No, probably not. Probably 30. <laughs> I could probably, I, I could do 20 seconds. I know that. Probably All right. 30. Here's what I would need to do. I would need to write some stuff on paper <laughs> and then I could do it. I would, I would be doing it in my daughter's, like in the car, like, hey, right. check this out. Check daddy out. <laughs> so it's funny. We were coming back from the FAU, FIU game the other night, uh-huh. like it was probably a, a month ago now. And I had my, my son's buddies in the car. They're just getting into old school like hip hop so like we got mob deep on in the car we got like you know we got some good old school hip hop and so you know i asked any of them because they freestyle like they're 10 11 years old so they're like no 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 mm. so i started try i tried to drop one it was terrible <laughs> it was awful the first time i really embarrassed my son he's sitting next to me like what what do you do when you're listening to rap and there's f-bomb after f-bomb do you turn it or do you tell them no like close your ears or do you just do you just let it ride hey, i gotta be honest i'm at the point now where like I just let it ride. <laughs> like, just like, just let it go. Like we don't listen to raunchy hip hop, but right. like, you know, yeah, because some of it's really over the yeah, top. Yeah, that like the f uh, bomb here and there, and uh, like we're at the point now where I'm like, let it ride. Like, like Black Thought in that one. Then yeah. I mean, he drops some f bombs. Yeah. They're just like part of the flow. Let it's it not like the women. Like, there's some stuff on there. I'm like, geez, I can't listen. Yeah, to we're it. not listening. My to that. girls will be holding daddy. They'll be like, daddy, this is inappropriate. <laughs> I'm like, oh crap, I got to change the station. They're always holding me in check. Yeah. So who wins? Um, you right, you heard a little deal. bit of Danny. You uh, have the yeah, advantage I, of hearing him. Because of his <laughs> professional experience, I'm a relative novice. I will defer. Um, All right, here's what we're going to do. If we get to 10,000 followers oh my on Twitter, and, at Canel and Bell. And how many five-star reviews? And 1,000 okay. five-star reviews. And you can just put on there, all I want to see is rap battle. Like, that's all you have to put in the review. All I want to see is rap battle. Rap battle. We will get it done on here. We'll lay down a solid. I want to use that beat that Black Thought had. Yeah, that's that a dope beat. That beat really is fire. Yeah. All right, so make it happen. 10,000 followers, 1,000 five-star reviews. You know how to get it done. Go to Apple Podcasts. Subscribe, download, hit us up. Uh, on Twitter. Also, let Debo know what you like, don't like about the pod. We'll keep it coming. Uh, check us out. I'm looking for more football cards. We signed a lot of them. Debo had to address <laughs> all of them, send them out. We got them to a lot of you. Hang in there. I got some on order with Tops. Uh, not the really. Tops. <laughs> you remember Tops Love trading it. cards? Clear. I'm in the process of getting some remade. We're going for uh, another round of production. But uh, keep them coming, man. We appreciate you guys listening. Thanks for the support. And uh, that's a wrap. Episode 12. Join us next week. <laughs>